Hello and welcome to 50 Years of Hurt, a Euro 2016 podcast, the best international football-based programming since Rio Ferdinand's World Cup wind-ups. I'm Richard Carey and in this episode we'll be recapping the rest of the games from match day one from Euro 2016 that we missed out last time and that turns out to be a lot of games. We've got a massive eight in total. Coming up, Northern or Republic, will there be any luck for the Irish? Euro champs and world champs, Spain and Germany kick off their campaigns. And hungry for Turkey? That's why mums go to Iceland. We'll start with the Republic of Ireland versus Sweden. It's arguably the easiest challenge of the tournament for Martin O'Neill's side, but Sweden are not to be sniffed at. After all, they have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So who would come out on top in the Stade de France? To start the game out, there's a Hendrick shot saved by Larsson in seven minutes. A Clark header from a corner, which O'Shea misses at the back post by inches to try and put it in the net. There's a Brady shot from just outside the 18-yard box. It goes just over the bar. And 29 minutes, uh, Republic Ireland all over it in the first half. Long lays it off to Hendrick, and there's a great shot that hits the bar, and it bounces back out on 31 minutes. And then Brady whips in across on the left. Long quite, can't quite get on the end of it, and he claims he's fouled, but in on reflection, it probably was nothing in it. Sweden had an injury just before halftime. Lustink went off, and Johansson came on as a sub. In the second half, there was a Coleman cross and Houlihan hit it on the half volley, went right in the corner of the net, 1-0 Ireland on 47 minutes. Then the Swedish came back into it, a Forsberg ball in it, which Clark cleared in a rush. There was a Kalstrom low corner and it came off Clark and it was a brilliant save by Randolph to stop the goal. Uh, but Forsberg really should have hit the target with the rebound. A Kalstrom free kick comes in and Lewicki heads it back and it almost falls to Ibrahimovic on 50 minutes. Ibrahimovic has a shot, which is close but wide, almost at the hour mark. Then Ibrahimovic crosses the ball. Larson goes for it, but Clark ends up heading it into his own goal to make it 1-1. Unfortunately, there, whenever you score an own goal. There's a Hendrick shot straight after from a tight angle, which is saved by Zakerson. There's a corner for Ireland. It looks like they'll get a chance, but there's a foul. Hulham puts it in the net, but it's disallowed. There's some heated tackles, and that causes Whelan to get the booking. Houlihan comes off and Robbie Keane comes on on 76 minutes. An Olsen cross goes all the way through and out in 81 minutes. And full time it finishes Republic of Ireland 1, Sweden 1. For me the man of the match was Liam Brady, the left back for Republic of Ireland. He brought some great attacking flair and also did pretty well defensively. Like I said before on paper this is Ireland's easiest game in the group. They really impressed in the first half, completely dominated the play, taking the game to Sweden. They got that goal they deserved just after half time but unfortunately as soon as that went in the game completely turned on its head. It was all Sweden. Uh, they must have sat, I think the Irish must have sat back or something and it ultimately led to the equaliser. Sweden actually looked like the more likely side towards the end of the game to win it and get all three points, but that didn't happen. There was definitely a weakness down the right for Ireland. There were a lot of balls crossed in by Olsen and Kallstrom, and it happened far too many times. They've got to sort that out in the next coming games. A draw is probably a fair result on balance, but you've got to think it makes it difficult for either team to qualify, considering the other, the quality of the other teams in the tournament, like Belgium and Italy, which they're going to have to play in later games. So a point doesn't look like it will be enough, but we'll have to see how they get on in those games.
Moving north now, and Northern Ireland took on Poland in their first match of the Euros. The Northern Irish had an impressive qualifying campaign that saw them qualify for the competition for the first time. Could they come out on top against a Polish side featuring Lewandowski, the top scorer in qualifying? Well, let's have a look at it, shall we? There's a piss check crossed into the box, and no one got to the end of it And just after two minutes. Milik swung a shot and missed it on four minutes. Milik had a go off a cross, which went quite wide. There was a dodgy cushion back to the keeper by Baird, which could have been a goal for Poland. There's a piss check shot from 25 yards, which is blocked in 21 minutes. Poland down all the attack straight away. Milik, a Milik shot spilled by McGovern, but he picked it up quickly. A piss check cross into Milik. He probably should have scored on 30 minutes. A Kapuchka shot was saved by McGowan on 38 minutes. It was all Poland. There was a bit of a melee after a corner and Pazdan had a chance but couldn't put it in on 39 minutes. And a Piszczek cross was caught by McGowan on 44 minutes. In the second half, Blazikowski crossed to Milik and he put it in the right corner to make it 1-0 Poland on 15 minutes. And some bangs go off in the stadium straight after as the Polish celebrate. There's lots of adverts in this tournament for a company called Hisense, which is China's number one TV brand. Why would you want to advertise China's number one TV brand when it's for Europe? I don't understand it, unless they think everybody in Europe loves China stuff, so they'll go and get it. I don't know. Conor McLaughlin makes a great tackle to stop Kaputska on the hour. There's a bad challenge by Kaputska, who gets booked shortly afterwards. Then Northern Ireland actually get a few chances. McCauley get a, gets a header and it goes for a corner. Chesney makes a Superman punch to get it away from the corner. Blaszczykowski pulls a shot wide. The Cathcart fouls Lewandowski and gets booked for his trouble. Washington gets in for Northern Ireland, but Chesney cuts him out before he can get a shot in on 70 minutes. Norwood takes a low free kick to Davis, but he just can't quite get on the end of it. And Chesney tries to go for a ball and runs into Piszczek, and Chesney goes down injured, but it seems like he's alright as he got up afterwards in injury time. So full time it ended Poland 1, Northern Ireland 0. For me, the man of the match was Milik. Surprisingly enough, it was the striker who wasn't Lewandowski for Poland who seemed to have the better game. In fairness, like Poland absolutely dominated this uh, match. It was a bit like the England-Russia sort of dynamic, and Northern Ireland didn't really have a chance on goal until really late in the game. You kind of wondered whether the Northern Irish might nick one from their few chances, but it wasn't to be. A credit to Poland for picking up their first ever win at the Euros. Northern Ireland have a mountain to climb if they want to qualify now. Whilst they defended well today, their attacking play for most of the match was non-existent. And they're going to have to find something going forward if they're going to have any chance against Germany or Ukraine. Now, Spain didn't just win the last European Championship. They also won the one before that, too, in Euro 2008. Can they make it an historic treble by taking the Euros for a third time in a row? So it was Spain versus Czech Republic in their first match. Silver put in a cross to Morata, but straight at Czech's hands on 16 minutes. There's another Morata shot from the edge of the box, and Czech got a hand to it as it went wide. Alba had a shot from the left. It was saved by Czech. It almost fell for a rebound. But uh, the Czech Republic defended it out on 40 minutes. In the second half, Morata put in a low ball. It comes off Hubnik and Czech has to save to prevent the own goal. 
on 47 minutes. A Kretschke free kick into Hubnik. Uh, De Gea saves a powerless shot, really, on 56 minutes. Kretschke crosses into Gebre Selassie and it had to be cleared off a line by Cesc Fabregas, of all people, on 64 minutes. Great balloon by Kretschke, but it comes off Ramos's head and goes out on 64 minutes. Then the Iniesta ball into PK, who heads it into the net. 1-0 Spain as late as 86 minutes. A Darida chance late for Czech Republic went straight to De Gea on 92 minutes, and that was that. It ended 1-0 to Spain. The man of the match is probably Iniesta, but I want to give a special mention to Kretschke for the Czech Republic, who I think played really, really well in this match. Uh, the defensive work was on point. They made an attacking threat in the second half, and if they perform like this in the next two games, they have a really decent chance of qualifying. Spain have a habit of winning games like this and winning games 1-0. That's exactly what they did. They don't look invincible, though. I think that you know at the back even have some frailties. There's plenty of sides in the tournament, I think, that might be able to stop them becoming European champions for a third time in a row. So from European champions to world champions, Germany looked almost unstoppable in 2014, especially after their 7-1 thrashing of host Brazil in the semi-finals. Are they the same team two years on? Well, they took on Ukraine in their opening game. And here are some highlights. There was a Draxler effort on three minutes. It wasn't quite good enough. Conor Palanca had a shot after a cross, which was saved by Nua. Tony Cruz took a free kick and it was headed in by Mustafi to make it 1-0 Germany on 19 minutes. Conor Plankard had a corner and Kedarici headed it, but it was saved by Nua in 25 minutes. Kadira had a shot from close range, it was saved by the keeper, he probably should have scored that one. Yarmolenko finds Conor Plankard free at the back post, his shot comes off Boateng, who just manages to clear off the line. He sort of, it sort of comes off him, he, he has to dash back to the line and he somehow manages to get rid of it on 36 minutes. As a disallowed goal for offside by Ukraine, as Fedoritsky is on offside. In the second half, a Draxler shot is pushed wide on 48 minutes. Hector pulls the ball back to Kroos. He went for a spectacular, but it just clipped the crossbar on 52. Rakitsky had a low free kick, which was saved by Nua on 57 minutes. Kadira had a long shot, which was saved on 61. An Ozil shot was straight at the goalkeeper. Mustafi headed the ball back. Nua was out of his area, and Mustafi had almost chipped Nua and scored an own goal, but it just went wide. Then on 91 minutes, there was a counter-attack from Germany, a cross by Ozil, and it was smashed into the net by the substitute Schweinsteiger. 2-0 Germany is how it finished. The man of the match for me was newer because I think he, he had a lot of work to do, and he did it exemplary, as you would expect, from probably the best goalkeeper in the world, or at least one of them. Germany looked a bit shaky in this match and definitely looked like a beatable side. They have a lot of a talent in midfield like Tony Cruz and even Draxler, but there's definitely other parts of the part they can improve on. Defence particularly, they don't really have any strikers, but they kind of work around it. Ukraine, on the other hand, had a good go at it, and it, if it wasn't for the brilliance of Nua, they probably would have scored or made it tricky for Germany to win. You think if they play like that in the other matches, they might pick up points and they might be able to qualify. 
You know, I've always wanted to come in here. And now that I got a mustache, the timing feels right. Wow, all this stuff looks pretty good. Uh, can we get some salami and... Brian, Brian, let me handle this. Ah, uh, scusi. Babidi-boopi. Che cosa? Peter, what are you doing? Speaking Italian. Babidi-boopi. Peter, you can't speak Italian just because you have a mustache. Now on to possibly the standout tie of the first round of matches, Belgium versus Italy. A lot of hype has surrounded the Belgian team, even getting them up to second in the FIFA rankings. Italy, though, are the ones with a proven track record for winning tournaments. Which juggernaut would be victorious here? So as the game starts off, there's an Eddie High foot on Vermaelen. He gets a stern word by Klattenberg on seven minutes. Natin Golan had a shot from 35 yards, which is saved by Buffon low to his left. It's a great ball through to Gianna Ricci. He slots it under the keeper to make it 1-0 Italy on 31 minutes. Antonio Conte gets so excited by the goal that he actually gets a nosebleed. It's quite crazy to see, but he's literally got the tissue there. There could be some interesting games in the Premier League if that keeps happening. Kondreva takes a shot with power and Courtois palms it over the bar on 35. As a short corner and across, it fills to Pella, who heads it wide. In the second half, a Belgian counter-attack, De Bruyne plays it through to Lukaku and he chips the ball over. It looks like it's going in. Just goes wide on 53 minutes. Kandreva has a cross to Pella and it's a great save by Courtois that keeps it at 1-0. De Bruyne crosses from the left to Origi and it's just over the bar on 81. As the Italy counter-attack, Immobile goes on his own and almost scores a cracking goal but Courtois palms it out for a corner. Kandreva chips a beautiful ball over to the far post and Pella volleys it in to make it 2-0 to Italy in stoppage time. And full-time it finished, Belgium nil, Italy 2. For me, the man the match was Candreva. Absolute quality midfield. One of the players of the tournament, dare I say it. The Italians really looked impressive in this match, especially up front, which I didn't know how well they'd be going forward. Belgium, on the other hand, had quite a few defensive problems, and if it wasn't for Courtois, this could have been 3 or 4 nil easily. Uh, it's not a good start for Belgium, who were expected to win this group, and a lot of people had high hopes for them. Maybe it just hints at them being a little bit overrated. Italy, on the other hand, thrived, and you know, not being talked about contenders probably has helped them out. Their odds have been significantly shortened since that match. You can kind of see why. You can never really rule out the Italians. They're a team, they're kind of a weird team. I guess they have a really good run and they get to like the semi-finals or the final or they just have a really bad run and go out first round. So it looks like it could be good things for Italy, and it, they look poised to win this group. Croatia were put into a difficult group, but with the likes of Modric and Rakitic in the side, they would be favoured to get through to the next round. But can the likes of Turkey stop them in their tracks? So, Turkey versus Croatia. Let's see what was happening. It wasn't that much to write home about in right at the start of the game, but on 28 minutes, Bedelic had a shot from the edge of the area. There was a two-fond header for Turkey on 28 minutes at a chance. Koluka started bleeding after he had, a, I think, a collision with another player. He was heavily bandaged up. It was quite a lot of blood. It was quite worrying, but he seemed to be okay, and he did actually play, I think, the rest of the entire match. 
Mandzukic had a shot for Croatia, but it was straight at the keeper on 38 minutes. And then a fantastic Luka Modric goal. He hit it on the volley and looped over and into the net. 1-0 Croatia. In the second half, Koluka comes out uh, with some more bandages, but this time it's blue bandages. It's like the waterproof blasters you get. And it kind of looked like Stan from South Park you know, with, with his hat and stuff. So it's quite funny to look at. There was a Cerner free kick for Croatia that hit the bar in 51 minutes. There was a cross that Brozovic didn't quite get enough on in 66. Perisic had a header that hit the bar and it should have gone in. Another great Croatia chance on 71 minutes. And Perisic actually has a map of Croatia shaved into his head. He's a very patriotic dude. It's slightly different to having a tattoo because at least you can get rid of that, you know. Although, I don't know, you wouldn't really have to get rid of uh, national pride because you don't really change your nationality. It's not like he had his girlfriend's name shaved into his head. That would be slightly different. Koluka is re-bandaged on 73 minutes and he kept like falling down like he was in, it was almost like fainting, like he was in that severe pain. I really think he should have been subbed, but for some reason they just kept him on the pitch. It was crazy. Brozovic had a head out and it was tipped over by Barbican on 78 minutes and full time it finished Turkey nil, Croatia won. The man in the match, it has to be Koluka just for his uh, amazing ability to continue despite everything that was happening around him. I think it was quite a really brave performance by Kaluka. Um, so I give him all the credit in the world. Croatia does it deserve to win this one on balance. Uh, Turkey still performed well. They could have sneaked a draw uh, at some points. They did have a few chances. Modric's goal was probably the best in the tournament so far from what I've seen. But Croatia... Might have to step it up a bit in games against Spain and Czech Republic just to make sure they can get through. I've got high hopes for Croatia. They're my sweepstakes teams. I'm hoping they go far in this tournament. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't mind them winning it. Um, obviously, you know, if you want to be patriotic with the home nations, it would be great if like England or Wales were to win it. But I'd take a Croatia win. <laughs> On to Group F now, and Austria is tipped to do quite a few big things in this tournament, thanks to a slightly favourable draw on their part. Hungary, on the other hand, not so much. So would this be plain sailing for the Austrians? So a little interesting side note to Austria versus Hungary. Kirillai, the Hungarian keeper, is now officially the oldest person to play at the Euros. Straight away, Alaba has a shot for Austria on the first minute. Is it actually pronounced Alaba or Alaba, because they were calling him both on commentary, and I was really confused. I'll just call him Alaba and hope it's right. If if you know how to pronounce David Alaba's name, tweet me at 50YOHpod. Even better, record some sound and say it, because, and then tweet me with that sound. Because if you don't, I won't actually know how it's pronounced. I'll just have to go through, through your text and take your word for it. Artovic uh, passes to Alaba and it's right at the keeper he shot. It's a high-footed tackle by Dragovic and he got booked for his trouble for Austria. Janko heads the ball back and Zizovic heads a shot as he falls. It's a hungry attack. Tunovic crosses but it's not great and no one gets on the end of it. There's a Zizak shot from the right for Hungary but he pulled it well wide. 
In the second half, Zizak had a shot from long where his left foot was punched over the bar on 54. It was a 1-2 with Zalai and Kleinheiser, and Zalai slotted the ball under the keeper to make it 1-0 hungry. His first goal in 41 matches on 62 minutes. It was a disallowed goal for Austria as Heinteriger put the ball in the net, but it was only after a bad tackle from Dragovic, who got booked for the second time, and was sent off Austria down to 10 men on 65 minutes. Nemeth had a shot, and it was touched wide by Alma. Fuchs provided a low cross for Austria. Sabitzer got on the end of it, but it went way over the bar in 73 minutes. Then Steinberg was in for Hungary, and he was one-on-one with the keeper. He chipped it over the keeper beautifully and into the net on 87 minutes to make 2-0 Hungary, which is the way it finished. For me, the man of the match, I'm going for the Zizak for Hungary. It was a bit of a surprise this, how this match ended. Many felt Austria were shoo-ins to at least win this match and actually to qualify from the group. But all credit to Hungary for the way they played. They were helped by the sending off. I don't know if the sending off would have changed the scoreline. Uh, but who know? you never know. You could only speculate. Austria looked promising early on, but couldn't make good on their chances. Whereas Hungary, they were pretty clinical when it came to a chance on goal. The defence of Austria has to be questioned as Hungary had a lot of space in behind to exploit the Austrians. It's a great start from Hungary as Group S has turned into somewhat of a sleeper group. What seems like the weakest group in the tournament as is proving to be a lot stronger than expected as we'll find out a bit more later on. The Iceland-Hungary game may prove pivotal to how this group finishes up. Oh dear me, look who's been taking Chinese. I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, what am I doing here? <laughs> In the final game of match day one, former finalist Portugal took on newcomers Iceland. Cristiano Ronaldo is very much seen as the star of the show, scoring 51 goals for Real Madrid this season. Could he show his brilliance in France? Iceland had an early attack, Sigurdsson had a shot and Patricio saved. Danilo had a header and it went out for a corner of five minutes. Ferreira shot with his left foot, it was saved as Portugal had a chance in 17 minutes. Ronaldo crossed the ball in, Nani headed it at the back post and it was saved again on 20 minutes. Uh, Pepe, a beautiful ball over the top, almost fell for Ronaldo, but not quite on 25 minutes. Andre Gomez played a low ball into Nani at the near post. He puts it away and it's 1-0 Portugal on 30 minutes. So in the second half, Gunnarsson crossed from the right. Bjarnsson slot at home to make it 1-1. Iceland hit back on 50 minutes. Andre Gomez had a shot and how Dawson saved it on 59 it was a short corner taken quickly and João Moutinho hit, had the shot and it was saved. There's a weird Iceland crowd chant. It's like, they just go, ooh, 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 ooh. Something like that. I, I don't think exactly like that, but it sounded like that. Bjarnson played a ball in and Bud Varsson almost got on, a foot on it on 64. It was a Garayo free kick. Nani flicked it on, but it went just wide. A long throw on the left for Iceland was headed into the box by Sigtorsen, but no one could get on the end of it on 73 minutes. Charisma had a shot. It was deflected out for a corner for Portugal in 77. Charisma had a corner on 81. Pepe headed it near post, but it went wide. Nani crossed it from the right for Ronaldo header, which went straight at Hal Dawson on 84 minutes. And Fig Borson had a shot with his left foot, which was straight at Raul Puticio. On 85 minutes, and it ended Portugal 1, Iceland 1. The man of the match, I'm going for Bjarnsson, who scored the goal and uh, looked very uh, threatening up front. 
What a start for Iceland, their first Euros, getting a point on the board against a really established team like Portugal. Portugal looks so poor. You could say it's a one-man team, but when the one man doesn't turn up, well, it's very questionable. You've got players like Andre Gomes, who is apparently worth lots of money. I thought he was okay in this match. I didn't think he was spectacular. They've got a lot of problems defensively. I'd be still be surprised if Portugal don't qualify, but they're not going to go anywhere after that. They're just going to go straight out of the tournament, I see. I don't see them going far at all. But like I say, Iceland play really well, considering that they've got such a low population and not that many footballers to, to choose from as other countries have. It's great for them to get the point here. A great start to their campaign and really good chance to qualify now. When you look at Group F, it's upside down for what people have thought it would be. You've got Hungary at the top, Iceland second, then Portugal, then Austria. Some people might have thought Austria could have even won this group, but that hasn't ha- that doesn't look like it's going to happen. But, you know, anything can change. We've still got two games left. Lots of things can be different. So I thought, as a little treat, I would try and give you a team of the tournament so far. So after match day one, who I think are the best 11 players, in my opinion, who can form a team for the tournament. So, in goal, I've got Manuel Neuer for Germany. In defence, I've got Walker for England, Luca for Croatia, uh, Ben Davis for Wales, and Liam Brady for Republic of Ireland. I've gone for a 4 4 2 formation, so four midfield, Payet for France, Iniesta Spain, Candreva Italy, and Tony Cruz for Germany. And up front, I've got Milik of Poland and Pelar of Italy. So quite a strong uh, squad there, a lot of uh, big team players. I mean, I was contemplating quite a lot about whether to put in players from like Iceland and Hungary and stuff, but it just didn't quite fall into place. Into, in the team it just happens you know it's not me being biased honest it's just me being objective i would say so that's all the games we've got to cover for today's episode plenty more on the way on match day two remember you can follow us on twitter at yohpod you can find us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash 50 years of hurt and we're available on itunes so do leave a rating and review especially if you like the show thumbs up our next episode, uh, I'm actually off to Leon for a couple of days to watch a few matches. I'm off to watch uh, Ukraine versus Northern Ireland and Romania versus Albania. But hopefully, I will be able to bring you a show live from Leon with reaction to England versus Wales, the big game, and Northern Ireland versus Ukraine. It is technology permitting, so. It mainly depends on what kind of Wi-Fi I get over there, which I have no idea what it's going to be like, or whether I I can actually read the instructions to set it up because it's actually in French. We shall see. Until then, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.